Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Besieged podcast. My name is Kersmo and I have three topics I want to talk about. Um, the first two topics are a little bit channel related, I would say. And the last topic I want to talk about, um, I will warn you when we are getting to that, is a little bit different. Um, but I will I will talk about that when we are getting to it and then I will give you a slight warning and I can already tell you that topic will be at the end of the podcast because I can probably see that some people want to jump out there at that point. So let's do this, right? Uh, the first thing I want to talk about a little bit is um, Fallout 76. So a good amount of people asked like, hey, what is it with Fallout 76? You you are not playing Fallout 76? Isn't isn't it right up your alley? It's a new release. It's Fallout. Like what's what's wrong? Um, here a little bit of backstory regarding me and Fallout in general. I like the first two Fallout games because I really really enjoyed the turn-based combat. I enjoyed the idea of having turn-based combat and then Fallout 3 came out and was a very, very different game, right? N not just graphically, but also on a gameplay level because it's a complete different developer now who is handling uh, the Fallout universe and that is Bethesda. So for me the Fallout world became a little bit less interesting when it became more like a shooter but the world in its own was still super interesting and was very fun. So I I never really had a grudge against Fallout, but let's say I was not a super fanboy for that game. Then Fallout 4 came around and Fallout 4 became even less an RPG and more a shooter than anything else. And I wasn't really happy about that. I still enjoyed the world, I finished the game and I was I was happy with the game. I was like, okay, yeah, it wasn't wasn't for me at least not the best game in history. And but it was it was alright. It was alright. It was also the year where um The Witcher Three came out. And uh yeah yeah it's it's hard to top that. It's hard to top that. However, uh, Fallout 76 came around and I was just bored. I was just utterly bored with the game. Um, it had a lot of survival game aspects implemented into the game, which again, I was never a fan of that. If you watch my channel, you know that, that that is not my kind of um, gameplay aspect. Uh, this is why I stopped playing like games like Conan Exiles. Uh, Ark and some other survival games where I was just like yeah it's 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 not my kind of thing because all this drinking eating I found that kind of atrocious because you would say yeah but it's realistic you have to eat and drink in your life yeah that's cool but I don't have to eat every 10 minutes I don't have to drink like every 20 seconds it's like I can I can live a little bit without it, you know. And in a survival game, it's just a bar who slowly depletes, and then you have to fill up that bar again. But I think the biggest gripe I actually have with Fallout 76 is how they try to explain the story, and they're putting a lot of audio logs into the game, 
and I, I haven't really anything against the audio logs, but you're basically jumping from one audio log to the next, and you are just listening permanently to audio logs because you have to. Um, you can say, well, you don't have to listen to it, you can just do it later or just don't do it at all. The problem is just that when you are in an area where you try to understand what actually happened in that area, you have to listen to this audio log. You have to, or you will be unsatisfied and just move on to the next area and be like, I never really found out what happened to that area. And when you listen later to it, well, then you already moved on and it doesn't really matter anymore. And what I find also very, very depressing is that everyone is dead. Like, you hear an audio log, and the first thing which is at least coming to my mind is, oh, that person? That's already dead. That that person is dead. We'll never come back. It's gone. And even if you have like a shimmer of hope that that person might be waiting in the corner or they're sending an emergency signal to you and they're like, oh my god, we are under attack here by robots. Please help us. Come to us. And then you arrive and everyone is dead. And this will happen all the time. Like, I'm not saying that when it happens, it's a problem. It's a problem that it is like the standard, right? It's it's the normal way of life in that game. And this is why I, I what I also liked in Fallout 4 is you could find audio logs, you could find emergency calls, and you still had the chance to save that person or to save the people or do a difference. Or at least you arrived, you fought willingly, and then unfortunately, well, they still die, but you did gave your damnest to support the people at the site. And this is not happening. Like the same thing when there are events in the game. Like there's a there's a nuclear reactor of an um of a power plant or like another event where you have to stop a catastrophe from happening and my reaction is like why should I? <laughs> Nobody's living there anyways. So why why should I care? I can I can just move on. It's like not having NPCs is where well, NPCs which are basically telling a story and you start to care for a little bit. Not having that is probably hitting me more than I expected. Like for me, what Skyrim or all the other Scrolls games made pretty great. The same goes for the Fallout game was the complete package. Like, don't get me wrong, I love exploring. I love the fighting. I love the RPG mechanics. I enjoyed the building more than I enjoyed in Fallout 4. Like, the game has a lot of stuff going for it, but what made all the Bethesda games as good as they have been is it is a complete package. You have great character development, you have multiple side stories which are leading to something meaningful, you have a huge main story where you have to sometimes make decisions or not and then leading to a great uh, final and you have uh, your own character, you have the uh, like your class development, you have the building and so on and so forth. Like whenever you look at a Bethesda game is you have many many things which make the game great and they are linked they are linked in some way like gameplay mechanics are linked to each other 
And this is another thing I noticed in Fallout 76. I felt like that the gameplay mechanics Fallout 76 had were more refined for a single-player experience. That all these gameplay mechanics were really just great for single-player, but didn't translate that well into a multiplayer game. Um, the biggest example I can give you, if you want one, is uh, actually the Pip-Boy and the Vats. Like, the Pip-Boy and became abundantly clear to me when I played Fallout 76 again is a horrible inventory mechanic. It is it is just atrocious. But you never really noticed because the game was paused. In Fallout 4 and Fallout 3 the game got paused when you did go into the Pip-Boy. So you didn't you didn't really care for that because you had all the time in the world. But if you are now in a fighting, or if you are in a situation where you really have to look for something, which you normally don't use that often, but in this one situation you really need it desperately, and then you don't find it because the complete inventory and Pip-Boy mechanic is completely convoluted, then that sucks pretty much, and that system is not meant for multiplayer and always online uh, game. The same goes for the VATS. VATS was implemented for the people who wanted to get more like a classic feeling of a Fallout game, right? Like having like these round-based fights, more or less. It's not complete round-based, but you get the idea. It's get, it gets pretty close to round-based fighting. And that just doesn't work in a game like Fallout 76. It doesn't work for me. And yeah, Fallout, Fallout 76 for me just doesn't know what it wants to be. It has a problem with knowing what it wants to be and it seems like that Bethesda hasn't really worked that out yet. Or oh, that's at least my opinion. Um, next point. Let's talk about good old networking. Um, I see networking being done by a lot of people. I do networking all the time. And I have the feeling that networking became a little bit of a, how can I put that, mm, like something you have to work for. And I stopped doing that for years, actually. When I, when I started streaming, what I did with networking was, I was looking for the biggest channel on the platforms, or at the platform, and I was just hanging out in these channels and trying to be visible and try to make sure that I get my shout out like every few days and hopefully get some people into my channel, right? And I just realized that was dumb. That was absolutely dumb and boring for me and I stopped doing that and now I'm just hanging out in channels I really, really enjoy to watch no matter what. I love to talk to the community and that's it for me. If the streamer does a shout out, then yeah, okay, cool. But for me, it's really just... I would hang out in these channels no matter what. Even if I wouldn't be a streamer, I would be there to watch. This is this is how I do my networking. And in the last few weeks, I had a little bit of the feeling that we have some people coming into my chat 
doing the networking the old way. Like, hey, look at Chaos Mold. He has a decent enough, uh, big enough community. And as a variety streamer, I'm a variety streamer. Let's hang out on his channel. And hopefully I get my shout out. And it's like, look, I sometimes have the feeling you misunderstand what networking means. Networking is, yes, you can network with the streamer. Um, that definitely helps a little bit. But who you actually network with is the viewer. You are trying to network with the community which is in that channel. And what you are trying to do is you try to be visible. You try to have a good time with all the people, if you like. And then at some point, you perhaps hope that a person will remember you, will see you being live and be like, hey, that's the dude I'm always talking to in Chaos Mold's channel, as an example. I should probably check him out. Um, I always have the feeling that when people do the networking, they give too much attention to the streamer. Like the streamer is just a small little puzzle of the community you are into. And sure, the streamer can help when the streamer shouts you out or rates you or something like that. Um, because that's also a sign of trust for the community. But in the end, um, you were trying to network with the viewers and not necessarily with the streamer. And I said it before and I will say it again. I'm not here to boost your channel. I have enough work with my own channel, believe it or not. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working like every day to make sure that people have a great time on my channel and I don't have the time nor the energy to make sure that your channel is also getting enough viewers or anything like that, right? That's that's not how it works. And I know that we have a good amount of streamers in my channel sitting there when they're at work or doing something else and that is completely fine. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate each and every one. But let me, let me say this. If you're really actually just being in the channel to get a shout out because you hope to get one or two viewers out of my channel, stop doing that. Find find a more interesting and better way and probably more entertaining way for yourself, right? So yeah, that's that's definitely something I wanted to say about uh, networking. Like networking is great, but don't necessarily see it as a work thing, right? Don't don't do that. And now we are coming to the last topic. And before we start, as you probably know, I'm a person who doesn't really allow political topics or like world topics coming into my channel, like I'm trying to keep the, the real world a little bit outside of the channel. But um, regarding the networking, I had a very weird conversation like a few days ago. And this might scratch a little bit at like real world issues and perhaps even one or two political issues here and there. Um, if you really don't want to listen to that, you can now cut the cut the podcast because that's the last topic, and then we are done. But just just a fair warning, just a fair warning. So for the last mm, few weeks, yeah, let's say a few weeks here, 
I supported a stream on Mixer um, in the way I can, right? Like just hosting that streamer, hanging out in the chat, rating that streamer, doing for perhaps one or two tweets here and there, just showing my appreciation and making sure that that streamer has a great time here on Mixer and just showing showing my community another place where they can get entertained because I get entertained in that channel, right? And I did that for a few weeks and then a few days ago I got a message by that streamer and that streamer was telling me, hey, um, yeah, thank you, thank you very much for your support, but uh, please stop do that because I really, really don't want the support from a guy. Uh, okay. And I was asking the streamer what the person meant with that because I believe that something was lost in translation or I misunderstood something or something like that, right? And then the streamer was writing me back and was like, no, I stop it. I really just don't want the support in any way from a male streamer. And I was so confused by that. Like, I respected that decision. I just told the, uh, told the streamer, like, hey, okay, I respect that. I still believe you were wrong, but I respect that. And you will not get any support from me anymore. Cool. But I have to say, it really baffled me. It, it really baffled me because I can only imagine what the person must have go through in the past or gone through uh, in the past when it comes to like yeah man in the world right that they basically adapted a very defensive position when it comes to like man and getting support from man even in a streaming space area and I I never understood that because here's the thing I'm a person who is going through the world with open eyes and who doesn't care where you are coming from. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your skin color is, what your eye form is, what your hair color is. Like, I, I really don't give a damn. The only thing I give a damn about is you are an asshole or you are not an asshole. And believe me, I have met tons of people, like male, female, white, black people, brownish people, uh, <laughs> people with normal eyes, with small eyes, with big eyes, with big ears, with small noses, like all the characteristics which makes humans differently of being amazing and lovely people. I have met all these people and it never mattered like what was different but I have also met tons of assholes and no matter the skin color no matter the eye color or whatever like there is an asshole in every human being sometimes and it sucks and it really doesn't matter where you are coming from and this is why I just differentiate between assholes non-assholes 
I don't really care like if you have a penis or a vagina, right? Like that doesn't that doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you a worse person or anything. And I just when the person said said that to me, I also thought that this is actually kind of sexist. Because what the person is doing there, the person probably had some very bad experiences with male people in the past and is now believing that every male is an asshole. And I have to say that is that's definitely not fair against the people which are not. Like, I don't see me as an asshole. And just being put in that corner because, well, whoops, you have a penis, sorry for that, is something I really don't like. Like, that, that basically doesn't make you any better than the people which have perhaps been like real dicks to you in the past. And I also, when I support someone, male or female, as a streamer, like host the person, rate the person, I don't do this with an ulterior motive. I don't do this for an ulterior gain. I just do this because I watched you. I loved your content. I loved your streaming. I had a great time. Time was running in your channel. And I just believed, like, my community has to see this. My viewer has to see this because I believe they can get some amazing value out of this channel and this is why I want to support you. That's the only ulterior motive I have. Like, nothing else. And, yeah, I find, I find that actually a little bit disappointing that somebody believes that I would perhaps do this for an ulterior motive. Like, I even had some people in the past who... Um, were basically telling me like, hey, you are rating a lot of female streamers because, well, you are trying to flirt with them or something. We have to say, <laughs> this is laughable because, believe me, if, if I want to flirt with someone, rating, hosting, and retweeting, I might be a nerd, but it's definitely not on my flirting list. Like, not even on the long flirting list of things. Like, it's, I, I wouldn't even think about it. Like, it's... I'm not too much introverted that I really can just express my feelings through a raid or a host. Like, it's, it's not that bad with me yet. Okay? But... It's it's kind of sad that when you support someone in the streaming world, then this happens because, or must be happening, because of an ulterior motive that streamer has. And that some people believe that, and even some streamers believe that, makes me a little bit sad inside. But yeah, what, what, what can I do? Nothing. It happens, right? This is this is not really a discussion about what can I do better or anything. Like when a person is actually telling me that, then uh, I will respect that. As I said, I believe you're wrong, but I uh, respect that and then I just move on. That's it. I will not sleep worse or anything because of that. It's just, okay, weird, but okay, here we go. But yeah, 
that was it for me and I think this is the third episode of Behind the Mohill Hill blob. and thank you so much for listening and I hope I see you next time.